my god. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Bevelations, Cocktails and Conversations with Philly's Most Fabulous. It's Bev. Hello. We are here with another fabulous episode with someone beyond the realm of Philadelphia, but she's been here a few times this week. We have a wonderful interview with my very good friend all the way from New York City, the hysterical Ms. Carrie Kerning is joining us. For those who don't know who she is, she has been a guest of mine a few times for my Babs Bitch Fest show. She's a comedy queen in New York City. She's going to tell you all about how she got her start, her very famous drag mother, and uh, we talk about a lot of fun things. It's a nice, well-rounded podcast. She's a hoot. Um, we thank everyone for their uh questions that were submitted we had some good discussions this week if you love the podcast make sure that you hit that subscribe button we are doing our best to bring you new content every single week during this epidemic uh you can follow me on instagram at it's bev bitch if you enjoy the podcast i want to send a dollar or two my way you can do so on venmo at it's bev bitch as well thank you all for listening and subscribing now sit back relax and enjoy this brand new episode of bevelations Oh my gosh, we're here, we're back. It's another fun, exciting week in quarantine, which means it's another fun, exciting episode of Bevelations. As always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, sometimes known as Jeremiah, sometimes known as Jatemish, occasionally known as Veronica Von Vander Vaughn, that one time known as the other Michael. It's hi, it's Jeremiah. Hey. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm that was good. A throwback with the other Michael. Remember that? <laughs> I do. I was actually thinking about that the other day. <laughs> I, I thought of that the other day. I figured you'd appreciate that. So we have a very special guest this week. Now that we're digital, I don't have to deal with any of the podunk assholes in Philly anymore. Just kidding. I love you all. We have coming to us all the way from the Big Apple with a big Adam's apple herself. It is, hold on, I have a bio. It's the one, the only Carrie Kerning, yay! Well, Carrie hello. Kerning is an artist, graphic designer, and drag performer in New York City. Originally from Columbus, Ohio, she began performing in 2010 with her mother Nina and the West family. Ooh, she's already dropping names in her bio. All right, Carrie moved to New York City in 2012 and has been a figure of Manhattan nightlife since. She's a former Miss Saliva, Miss Barracuda, and currently appears in the Monday Night cast at Industry Bar. She is also the promoter for NYC's National Comedy Queen prelim, Miss Big Adam's Apple. Hi, Carrie. Oh, I feel so official. I love I coming so into an introduction. I for not fucking up. I, that's like the first time I read a bio, I think, and not screwed it up in some way. <laughs> It was one literacy. Yay. <laughs> Yay. She knows not... how to read and she can also read. <laughs> She's not drinking at noon this time. <laughs> exactly. I'm not drinking. I'm drinking a, a lovely, uh, a lovely uh, monster energy drink today with no, with no booze. But the night, the day is still young. See, in oh, quarantine, everyone's faculties come back. What? Everyone's ability to read and you know do math—we all—it's all coming back because we're in quarantine and not at bars so much. Well, that that has not stopped me at all. I don't know if you saw my social media posting where I made a tower out of my empty wine boxes. So <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> it is still it is still a, a short window of time during my day where so you. So was ride. that from uh, like just that week or like the overall? No, quarantine? that was from. Yes, Jeremiah. It was from just that week. I drank 14 boxes of wine in just one week. Fuck you. No, it was um, since the beginning of quarantine. I mean, that's still quite impressive. <laughs> I know. And in my, in my defense, four of those boxes were actually unopened. I just stacked all of the ones that I had. But still, yeah, it's not, it's, as my mother said to me, well, I hope you're proud of that. I hope you're proud of that. <laughs> so speaking of quarantine, how are you? How are you? Uh, how are you surviving, Ms. Kerning? I'm doing okay. Um, you know, it's, it's a weird time, especially in New York City. Yeah, talk uh, to I, us about that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I live in a studio apartment, so it's a lot of time in the same room all day, every day. <laughs> but you live alone, right? Yeah, I, I do. So, um, you know, it's, it, we've, we've been trying to make the most of our space. I've done a couple shows uh, on Zoom and, and uh, you know, Facebook Live uh, by hanging a curtain over my desk, over my bed, <laughs> over my bathroom, over my kitchen, because it's all the same place. <laughs> but at least, you, at least you've, um, you've at least attempted some production value. Jeremiah um, is now a, an illustrious video editor. And tell us about some of the, the lovely videos you had to edit last weekend. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, the, you don't have the, to name names. Yeah. They know who they are. Uh, the backgrounds definitely vary. So does the lighting. So does the random couch, or maybe like the light uh, string of lights that goes up the middle of the wall for no reason. And you can't really edit that out. So you just kind of have to distract the eye somewhere else. <laughs> oh my gosh, I my love favorite that. was the one that was just in front of a shower curtain. Oh yeah, I had to like zoom in because the the shot was crooked. You could still see the uh, <laughs> the the curtain rod. I like made everything as blurry as possible and threw like these stripe lights to like distract people. I'm like, don't look, don't look, just listen. It's like a it's like a very like minimalist artistic choice. I'm sure, right? They're making an artistic statement I, when they send you that video. Exactly. Oh, of course. Of course. Exactly. Because when you think of Philadelphia, you think of artistic. So. Um, <laughs> You pronounced that word wrong, right? Is that autistic? I love <laughs> You can say that. I can't say that. I'm problematic. Um, so um, that's fun. So yeah, I caught you. You're working. Um, you do uh, Monday night shows with Tina and with the, the, the current reigning Miss National Comedy Queen, Miss Tina Burner, and two of our Philly favorites, Miss Iris Spector and Vinchelle. Yes, yes, yes. It's a super cast. It is. And she's, uh, Tina's been doing those on Monday nights on what, Instagram Live? She's been doing Instagram Live. And I think now she's starting to do some Facebook Lives. Um, you know, the, the, as, as everyone working at Nightlife, rent has been a little tough lately. So I yes. think a lot of the New York girls are trying to make that coin online. Um, and, uh, you know, we're thankful to have that outlet, but times is tough. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's let, as, as Julie Andrews would say, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. Um, I said in your bio that you grew up, but uh, tell us about little baby Carrie. Yeah, I, I started drag right after, um, right after college. Um, I Did was, you go to college? I went to the Columbus College of Art and Design in Columbus, Ohio. She what was, was a your major? Kid. I was an illustrator. Okay. Drawing and painting and, you know, it transitioned from a piece of paper onto my face. How fun. As one does, as one as does, one, right? As one does, exactly. You mean that school didn't have a major in drag queen? <laughs> I mean, they probably do now at this point. I was going to say, schools are probably going to start doing this shit. I started, I started, I think, season one of Drag Race, so it wasn't as cool back then. <laughs> I was going to ask when, what, what, when you actually started, like what year that was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was 2010. So it was like right after season one. I remember watching the premiere with friends at, at my apartment. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it was a very different time because uh, drag was definitely not as as popular. Um, you know, it, it was still popular at the bars, but I think there weren't like 30 kids every week who wanted right. to start doing it online. Right. Um, so it was right at a turning point. But um, yeah, I, I, my, my first time in drag was at- Jeremiah's like laughing because he's one of them. <laughs> Guilty. She's a little drag. She's a little internet drag baby. It's fine. I support it. I support it. You know, it's just a. It's just you got a lot more resources now and a lot more avenues for fame. Right. And a lot more filters. <laughs> oh dear God, you've got a lot more filters. That's true. Uh, so um, what was your what, what was your first time in drag? There was um my first actual time in drag was a competition um and it was at a, a bar called havana in columbus nina west hosted and it was an amateur comedy performance and um i was competing against oh gosh it must have been like 12 or 15 girls it was a lot of people and i just went out doing what i thought was funny which i think was very different than everybody else but um <laughs> I, I i dressed up as sarah palin uh and i pulled a playgirl out of my giant oversized vagina and a and a pinup of the guy who uh, ended up knocking up her daughter came oh, out. Oh, Le what was so. his name? Levi? <laughs> Levi Johnson? Or? Levi Johnson, thank you. All I can think of was Levi Christ. That's not it. He's like a gay singer. All right. So as uh, you could tell, there's been like a through line in my art. Um, <laughs> I love consistency. Yes, consistent. Um, but it was, it was, I kind of didn't know what I was doing and just did weird me um, and it resonated and I ended up winning the competition. So I was kind of thrust into this world that I was not at all prepared for. <laughs> and it's just been downhill ever since. <laughs> Yay. Now I have seen a photo of baby Carrie in drag. Is that from that particular night or is that from a, a different night? Oh dear God. It might be from that night. There's a lot. I had, you might, this, have, to this post, shows... you might have to, we'll, we'll post that photo on my Instagram for all of the, oh, the absolutely. The, I'll send the you. Fives I'll send of you listeners stuff. out there that listen to this podcast. 
it was, it's kind of like the best and worst of drag. Cause I had ideas that when I look back on, I'm like, that's a good idea. And then I look at the execution. I'm like, Oh dear God. I had, um, I had a Carol Burnett curtain dress made for Q and a, which great reference, great idea. And then I look at me wearing it. And I'm like, what are you wearing? <laughs> Oh, and that was before that was before you could just buy everything on Amazon. Oh, yeah, that is that's very to, like, true. Reach out, reach out is, to people. And... I don't even remember makeup tutorials online. I learned because, you know, I that that night I didn't learn. You can tell by the photo. But after that, it was just talking to other girls and having them, right? you know, them paint your face and show you stuff. It was just who you knew. You just learned in the dressing room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I kind of love that. Um, you know, I still think that's important, even though you can go online, you got to get in the dressing room and just see what other people are doing. Right. Yeah, I am by far I, I always say I am I am definitely not a makeup artist. It's funny when we do these brunches and people girls will be like, Oh, my God, I want you to do my makeup. I'm like, No, no, Same. You, don't. It's like, no you really don't you really don't because <laughs> I'm capable of doing one face. Uh -huh. And this face, and if you want to look like a birthday clown, I'll make you look like one, but I'm not going to make you look like a woman. Well, you know, some of these real girls out there looking at Instagram now, they're starting to paint more and more like birthday clowns. So I don't know what's happening. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. That's very true. I love that Trixie Mattel just does tutorials now for people just so they can do her makeup well because she's just tired of seeing people do it poorly. She's like, if you're going to do me here, do it like this. Because Isn't that crazy when you have people like that that are so specific, but then <laughs> afterwards they change the trend and everyone ends up looking like them. Well, and like every time I feel like I was talking with a friend on Facebook um, last night, actually about this, that like the second someone in drag comes out with like an original idea or thought, suddenly there's 5,000, either they're either um, tributes, like yes. what's the name of the queen that started doing, and I'm doing a, a visual thing on Zoom here now that no one can hear, but like started ex like over exaggerate, basically drawing half of their eye on their cheek or whatever so it oh, made it yes. look like the giant doll eyes you know what i'm talking about yes i know i know erica clash has been doing that i know a couple girls that i've seen that on. it's kind of like that anime style right right and then all of a sudden like everyone their mother was everyone. doing it. it's like let people have original thoughts come on it's also like some and then and then sometimes you you know you attribute something to someone and you know there's been six or seven girls who had tried that before but it's like then it becomes the Trixie face or the, right, exactly. the kimchi face or the you know it's very interesting how how these trends evolve now jeremiah you doing okay there pumpkin yeah, I'm just thinking about my makeup skills and how bad they are. <laughs> Anytime we talk about being established, Jeremiah just trails off. It's fine. You know what, though? I don't, I don't trust a queen that doesn't have an ugly photo. Because if you start beautiful in your apartment, then what have you learned? Thank you. What have you Thank ever done? You. I've posted statuses before where it's like, some of y'all never went through a booger phase, and uh -huh. it shows. You well, have to I, go through a booger phase. You have absolutely. To go through, and not only a booger phase, you have to go through a booger phase where you think at the time you're that, stunning that you're amazing and people yes. can't tell you anything like <laughs> every queen should have like a like time hop is amazing and a bitch at the same time because time hop will hop up be like oh eight years ago i thought i was a real housewife and now you look at not that. a real housewife oh i am i look like sh i should be under a bridge collecting uh scaring uh trolls and collecting <laughs> she's got a whole bunch of rhymes that she makes you answer <laughs> Why crease an eye when I can just slap the entire eyeshadow palette all over my face? That's just, yeah, I'm kind of into that. I'm kind of supporting least, that. Jeremiah, I, I will say at least for you, you've you've been taught well enough by drag queens to get good products. When I started, like I started from doing theater, so I was just using like the little like Ben Nye kit that I had when I was in college, and then like Maybelline Dream Matte Mousse, and like oh, she was, like, oh wow. <laughs> because that was good enough for when you did fucking regional theater. It's yeah, sure. yeah. That's what well, I already hey, had. That's, that's better than some people who just started the drugstore with nothing, you know? Yeah. At so Carrie, when you started that first night, did you paint yourself? No, I had a friend paint me um, because I was like, so I, I knew nothing. I didn't even know like enough to pretend I knew stuff. And um, right. a friend from art school painted me and I looked a hot mess. God bless him. He did his best job, but we both thought it was great that night. But when you look back on the photos, it's like, you're wearing nothing, no makeup. <laughs> yeah. Um, was her name Carrie Kerning then? Yes, yes, it was. I remember because it was like a competition and my friends had 
forced me kind of to do it because they knew I was so interested in it. And they're like, you need a moment just to commit and try it. But I had like a month lead up to it. And I remember going through so many different names and writing down on a piece of paper words and, you know, just dumb things. Yeah. So explain um, your drag name. Cause I think I've heard you explain it before, like what it's a pun based off of, but explain to the uncultured masses where your drag name come from. Yeah. AKA, well, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's very, it's very like dorky insider. Um, kerning is a graphic design word and, you know, being an art school and being an illustrator and graphic designer, um, it just seemed like a weird word that I wanted to use. And then, uh, you know, a, some alliteration there so I just matched Carrie to it there's actually there's actually a lesbian bartender at this bar I used to go to named Carrie and she spelled it K-A-R-I and I just remember thinking that was so cool so I was like we're gonna add that we're gonna take that right there do you remember like your second like second place choice name at all I remember I was trying to come up with puns for a really long time and they all were terrible or like already people's names you know how many how many Anita somethings do we yeah. have there's there's yeah it's so many so to come up with one that's original it's very hard and then I was like trying to pick like the name of where I lived like I grew up in Dutchess County and I was like is the word Dutchess something you could mix into a thing and it all just became Lady Bunny ripoffs and so I was like well, we just gotta <laughs> Dutchess something and I was like we, this is not working but I do think like when you when you come up with a name there's so many different ways to do it, but just finding one that's authentic to you is so important because then that becomes your name. Like people literally call you that when you hang out with them, right? Even outside of the bar. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. If you're like if you're like a working queen, there will be girls that you work with all the time, and you don't know their real names. Absolutely. Yeah. There was a queen here in Philly that forbid us from knowing her boy name for the longest time. Shout out to Brooklyn Ford, and like she would just not tell you what her name. <laughs> so funny. And we got booked to do this college gig and like on the little sheet of paper backstage at this college gig, I was hosting the show and she was putting um, like three or four of the college students in drag. And it said talent coordinator, Drew Gaver, makeup coordinator, Sean Zucker. I was like, <laughs> I found it. <laughs> like I found the Holy fucking grail. I'm like, I found out what it is. So I found I, I'm like, what's up, Sean? She's like, oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Didn't she go by some other name? <laughs> well, her like Instagram name at the time was Dash Matthews for some reason. Shout out to Brooklyn Ford, previous podcast. That, was that her Craigslist name, Dash I Matthews? I don't know what it was. But she <laughs> was trying to convince people that like her last name was Matthews and like Dash was like a, a like a, a fun little nickname or like. I love that. Don Zucker. There is there is a girl in Columbus who I love she's like she's like my drag great grandma maria garrison and uh, there was a rumor that she had her real name her drag name and then there was a third male name for when she had her alter ego online <laughs> and i was like i need a craigslist name that's good there's a queen i won't say who she is uh because she'll get angry but there is a queen that i'm friends with that when you really want to piss her off you call her her boy name that she doesn't go by which is her first name and you just go what's up marvin and she gets so <laughs> not marvin that's marvin. Great. <laughs> i'll tell you who it is at off 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 microphone oh i can't wait for the first commercial break <laughs> But, um, okay, so you did well. Is, so that's the night I'm assuming that you first met Nina? It is, yeah. And um, uh, I mean, we had seen each other around the city before, but that was the first real night that she got to see, you know, what, what, what I guess what I thought I was doing. Right. Um, and yeah, she invited me to, to be part of her next big show after that. And I was so, such a little baby. I didn't really know anything. And I didn't realize that that was like, the goal of a lot of girls who did things like this. So I was just like, yeah, that sounds fun. Do, 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 do. Yeah, like um, for those who don't know, Columbus is like famous for these, because I've listened to Nina tell stories and stuff before, and you as well, like talking about like Columbus does these like huge productions. Yeah, multiple, it's like a, multiple like, times a year, right? Yeah, they do them every two or three months. And it's like a, it's like a, a hour and a half, two hour production show with a big cast, like eight girls. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it, it's kind of the aspiration of a lot of people there to get in one. Yeah. Um, it's, not and just I, show, it's not just show up in here. Here's a YouTube link of the song that I'd like to do. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's like, it's like four, four nights a week rehearsing for like, you, mean you actually weeks. have to try when doing drag. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
um but yeah it's 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 kind of a great way to learn too because that's that's how i started learning i wasn't doing bar shows i was doing the big ones um and it's like a back end into it but it's a very theatrical training and i i never done theater before unlike i think a lot of girls i i didn't start in theater so that was like my theater training that's how i learned you know what a show is you know like how 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 back of house works and and um, learned how to like craft a number and what group numbers were. So it was like the best education I could possibly have. Um, and I went into it having no idea what the hell I was doing. I was just like, this is fun and I'm 21, whatever. <laughs> how long did you end up doing those shows for? Those really big theatrical ones? Yeah, I ended up doing the whole time I was in Columbus. So it was about three years. Oh, wow. um, and I would, do, I would do bar shows in between here and there, but mostly what I did were those big shows. Um, and it was, I, I do four a year. Um, and it was, it was great. That's where even a lot of the numbers I do today that are big costume numbers, um, they come from those shows because you're expected to do a solo and you're expected to have a big one. So that's, that's where like the time and effort went into a lot of the first ideas I kind of had. That's awesome. And so um, we've talked on the pod. Do you listen to the podcast, Carrie? Are you a fan? Oh, a big fan. <laughs> big fan. <of> <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. So we've talked in previous episodes about the whole like, drag family thing, having a mother, having daughters, having that kind of thing. I'm personally not a believer in that like relationship, but I've also never experienced that Mm because I didn't grow up in a community where it was like, oh, I'm so-and-so's daughter, so-and-so is my mother. When did you kind of get adopted into the the West family? Yeah, that's... It, it is so different in every city, I think, what those, even even places that have quote unquote families, the family is always different depending on the, you know, who's in it and the dynamic. Right. Um, Nina took me as her daughter midway through that first show. And it was actually when she had given everyone solos. Um, and it, it, some of the more experienced girls got to kind of craft their solo, but I was new. So she gave me this kind of um, Carmen Miranda track. And when she gave it to me, she was like, so Carrie, you're going to do this one. You have a solo, which was, you know, exciting and a big deal and she's like it sounds campy it sounds funny I think you can do something cool with it and she gave it to me and the next day I came over and I was like how much am I able to like customize this and I was like I have an idea for this costume and I was like can I just show you my drawing and it was like a drawing of these little maraca bra that ripped away and had these big saggy boobs which I think you've seen because I still wear them behind it and I was like I don't know if this is too much I don't want to like overstep and she just stared at it for a long time and went all right, I think you're my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. And then that, the, the, the um, first show she introduced me as such, and that was it. So now what in, like, within that community, what does that being a drag daughter or drag mother mean? Like, what, do, what does that relationship entail? Yeah, I think it's, for the three years when I lived there, it, it, it was very much like a very close group of friends you know, that, cause, cause you know, your gay friends become your family. So it was very much that we would do, we would do like Christmas dinners or Thanksgiving dinners, or, you know, we would hang out at each other's houses. We would always work together. Um, and you really built like a, a strong bond. Um, Nina, the way she works with her daughters, she doesn't have them take her last name. She kind of has them establish their personalities as performers before she adopts them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know some families are the opposite where like, you know, you'll, you'll take someone, help them grow and then give them a name. Right. Um, so it's different with every family, but I, I kind of like the way she does it because all the performers have different names. They all have different personalities and then they're brought into a fold and kind of end up working together like a troop. Right. Um, but even to this day, like when I go back to visit, I have sisters that I, that I never knew until I went back to visit because I don't live there anymore. But knowing that they're in the family, I just kind of am more open to being friends with them and meeting them. And, you know, there's just kind of that familial connection still. They've gotten the stamp of approval. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not close with all of them, but I'm more more open to, like, you know, extending a hello and a conversation if I know you're in the group. How many sisters do you have? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh... That's for a long for a long thing. time there was just four of us and when i left and now there's like i don't know 20 something <laughs> so what you're saying is neat is a big old slut i think so you know you just can't she's keep got drag race money up. now so she can afford to have more children <laughs> I, I don't know if there's been any post drag race i think oh, that's, that's interesting good. actually i think i think it was um i think maybe that maybe the legs have closed a little bit now oh, you know you don't want you don't want any more popping out there's a, there's a drag race girl that's local to us a bit and her children seem to be popping up um she, she, everywhere she's bearing a lot of fruit let's just say that well that's and that's also why i think i like 
I like girls that don't take the last name because I, yeah. then it's kind of like, well, do you want, do you want to be in this family because you want to learn and you want to be friends or yeah. you want the name, you know? So I've said it here before and I'll just reiterate, like I, I personally don't believe in it just because I feel like it's a double-edged sword in some, like I actually really, I asked, I wanted to ask you cause I admire both you and your mother. Cause I wanted to know what that relationship was. Cause I don't necessarily believe in the relationship where it's like for a baby queen, the second they get someone else's name, they feel that they're suddenly established and entitled. Yes. And yes. I also don't like when an established queen sees a younger perform or not even younger, a newer performer with potential and immediately snags it. And then immediately like suddenly that person belongs to them. And I don't yeah. necessarily agree with or like that relationship as well, which is kind of the, the drag family relationships that I've seen within the two communities that I've worked in, but yeah, and I think and I think those are the, those are definitely like real things and real concerns that happen. Um, I love I talk with my hands while I'm doing. I it. like it. It's like a 3D movie <laughs> coming out at me. <laughs> we're recording this on Zoom, kids, and I'm very demonstrative with my hands. It's fine. Sorry. What were you saying? Well, I, I think that those are those are legit concerns. Um, and it's also like, it's kind of, I think, I think the relationship is something that's always being earned in both ways, you know, like, like when, when Nina comes to the city now, like we're friends and she stayed with me before Drag Race at my apartment when, you know, she needed a place to stay and we hang out with each other and, you know, we help each other um, when we can and, and we're on the phone together. And that's what makes that still a relationship. Whereas if you don't sure. do those things, then it's like, it doesn't count. You know, it's not like a, it's not like a contract that you sign and you both right, 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 right. Are forever in that, you know, um, I think it's a mutual respect that has to be earned. That's awesome. Well, I love that just because I think one of our favorite RuPaul girls that has come to visit has been Nina and she was just so nice and so warm. So it's nice to hear that it's kind of all, all encompassing. It's not just like this performative aspect that's at the show. It's nice to hear that she's actually a decent a good person. Genuine person in mm -hmm. real life, and then when someone's like a cunt rag behind closed doors. <laughs> well, and you—I wish I was there that night because I remember seeing photos of the two of you on stage, uh, Bev, you and she Nina, got me and it was so, so drunk. She got me so drunk, and then I had to work at like six forty-five. That's oh, no. And I don't, you, know that, I don't know that I've ever been that hungover at work before. Didn't she lick your arm? She, she, she made me shotgun a beer, which I don't drink beer. Like, I am <laughs> not a beer drinker. I had to shotgun a Corona on stage and then do a shot of whiskey afterwards. After already having, like, my show drinks, because it was at the end of the show. And this is at, like, 1.45 on a Sunday morning. And I have to get up at 6.45 on, a, on Monday. Like, I was like, okay, well. Did you, did you both, ex like, switch wigs at one point? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's well, because I remember. Was, because I remember it was growing right up. After she came to us. Um, the it was the Sunday of New York Drag Con, which mm -hmm. was like mind blowing to me because I was like, Philly. It it never ceases to amaze me that like we book people, and I guess it's because of affordability. But like we had Lady Bunny the day after Wigstock. <laughs> that's and and it's like exhausting. and then we had Nina the Sunday evening that she had just finished New York Drag Con. It's like, why do we keep booking these people when they're gonna be exhausted? I'm so excited to work with these people. And then like, through no fault of their own, they're just like exhausted and dead behind the eyes when they get to us. They do their job because they're required to and then they go home. So that's just kind of what I assumed Nina was gonna be based on my experience with Bunny. And the whole switching wigs thing was because I was giving her shit because she got to all the good wigs at DragCon before anyone else could get to them. And one of the ones she was wearing for meet and greet was one of the ones I wanted. And I was talking shit about it on stage. She just pulled it off and handed it to me. I was like, okay, <laughs> here. Well, that's, how you, that's how you can tell she really liked you because she wouldn't have taken off a nice <laughs> wig for anyone else. <laughs> a, brand, a brand new integration wig? How dare you? But no, she was, she was amazing. Um, so, what, so what took you to New York City? Um, I actually, my, I went to grad school. Um, so I was working as a graphic designer in Columbus, um, and I wasn't maybe doing the most exciting stuff. And I, I felt like I needed a change in life. So I went to Pratt, um, to go to grad school. So that's what took me to New York. And actually the whole first year, I didn't really perform much because I was really busy. Um, and it, it only started the summer afterwards that I started tiptoeing out into the city. So I didn't, I didn't go out even knowing that I'd continue doing drag, but, um, I think I missed it so much after that year and realized how important it was just as like a form of expression. So um, I started performing again. And then she, 
she blew up big. How how quickly did you start performing before you started like like what's the process if you're a baby queen in New York City? Do you just do like open mics or is it yeah, like Yeah, I did. I started with open mics. Yeah, I started with open mics. I went to Star Search at Barracuda Bar, which is still um, the longest running open mic drag show in New York City. Still going on um, when the bars open back up, hopefully. Um, and uh, that I did two of those and I met Tina Burner. Um, and then I started, I think I did A Night at the Ritz, which was- and It's all been downhill ever since. It's all been downhill. <laughs> well, the, the biggest yeah. thing we had back then was Our Lady of Saliva, which was- um, a Tuesday night competition at the Ritz. And it's very similar if, if anyone goes out in New York nightlife now, um, the closest thing would maybe be Look Queen that Bob the Drag Queen does. Mm -hmm. um, but it was kind of like an industry night where everyone in the audience was a performer and it was performers trying to one up other performers. And oh, that is the best, the best yeah. kind of show. Um, and I went and I had, I had all these big numbers that I had worked on in Columbus and I had them with me. So I was like, well, this is my package. Let's just do the three numbers I have. Um, and I, I made a lot of friends that night. <laughs> so you're saying you showed them your package is what you're saying? I showed them my package and it was Sorry, big. I had to. Yeah. Like, like mother, like daughter. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so you won that night, and then you also are a former Miss Barracuda. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was that was a couple years later. Uh, I competed in Miss Barracuda, which is like also a really fun competition. It happens once, um, and it's a four week long pageant. So it's about again creativity and comedy, which are the things that I seem to be drawn to and do well in. Um, and it's it's so fun. If again, when the bars open back up, if you're in New York and you're there around. I think it's in February or March it usually happens. It's the most unique, weird competition because we have a theme every year and then we'll have a performance and an evening gown, but then like one week is a video challenge. And, um, you know, there's a Q&A on stage and it's all about being kind of outrageous and creative. Um, I don't understand how, I, I just on a random, I wasn't even gonna ask you this, but like just out of curiosity, cause I've worked in some of the bars in New York. The bars in New York don't have dressing rooms for those who are unaware, they don't have dressing rooms. It's basically like a, a, a broom closet or like in the, where do, you, where do you get ready for a pageant? It is in a bar in New York City. <laughs> it is insane. And I, well, I think Barracuda specifically is very small and that's partially why it's broken up into four weeks. Cause you have right. one category a week and you just come dressed as you're going to be. I was gonna say, do you just come dressed? Yeah. Or, or some people who have a reveal, you'll bring three friends and you'll stand in the front of the bar and literally get naked in front of everyone else. And they stand around you. And <laughs> <laughs> it is. Cause I see, cause I think, I think like you and I first met when I guested at Bootsy's show at um, yes. at Pieces, but I just met you um, out of drag. And then the first time I think I ever saw you in drag was when you were competing for Miss Barracuda and you did your alien number. Yes, yes. And that's a gigantic costume. And I'm like, how the fuck did that bitch like get that into <laughs> Barracuda, not have it get broken? Like... I, I was just like, where the fuck do you keep things like it that? It was so hard. And I uh, that night I put it, quote unquote, backstage, which is a two foot by two foot curtained off area next to the stage. <laughs> I was going to say, literally on stage behind a curtain. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to get I had to get there so early so that I could put it under everything because it's in a box. And I was like, well, I'll just put it under everything and see when I go and then try and be very delicate taking it out insane and the, the the first night i ever performed that number in new york was for miss uh, our lady of saliva and i took it on the train from brooklyn to hell's kitchen in manhattan for those it's, who have never like follow carrie on instagram there's photos it's literally like a giant she has a it's a giant like astronaut costume that has like a pro like i won't give away the reveal but it's 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 a very cumbersome costume it's i have one of those big you know those plastic bins uh, that you like store christmas lights in in the basement <laughs> the biggest one ever and i was in full face carrying that on the subway in my lap just like taking the train for 45 minutes to That's get to amazing. the bar. that is amazing i'm looking right now on instagram <laughs> yeah it's amazing I've, i'm like can you do that at bitch fest you're like bitch i am not bringing that to philadelphia <laughs> <laughs> i am not bringing that shit on a mega bus um i don't know how i would even fit it on a mega bus <laughs> So, and now you're working like during a normal week when bars are actually open and life is normal. What does a week in the life of Carrie Kerning look like? Yeah, so I, so I still work. Um, I work at an advertising agency in, in the city. 
Um, so I do Monday through Friday, kind of, you know, 9.30 to 6.30, 7-ish hours. And then every other week, I'm at Industry Bar Monday nights. So I'm there. Our show's at 11.30, and I usually get home by 2.30 or 3. <laughs> go to work the next day, which I know you understand those. I'm like, girl, I'm just shaking my head because I know I know that life. Which industry has been wonderful. And um, uh, they're, they've, they've kind of worked out that rotating week with me and Juicy Lou because we both have day jobs that are um, – you know, have early hours. And so it allows us to kind of still be in a regular show, which is so wonderful, right. um, but also have that little bit of on off to, to not die. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, I hop around here and there other places. Um, I love a guest spot. You know, I'm, I'm the only part-time working queen in New York City, I like to say. <laughs> but that's good because people want to work with you. So they're willing to make it work with your schedule. Yeah, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, New York is the type of place where people want to be working full time. Um, so they're either doing that or they fade away. So I'm so thankful to have, you know, met a lot of wonderful people like you and like Tina who have, you know, shows that want me to guest in. Um, so it's, it's a good place to be. That's awesome. So you have like a lot of really iconic numbers. I've seen you a couple of times and you've done the... I'm going to call it the vagina number because you have the, like, <laughs> the, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? I, I know what road you're about to go down. And actually, we're going to pause and take a little break. And okay. I'll be right back because I don't want to get stuck in the story and then have the meeting run out. So we're going to take, okay. because she's fancy corporate now and she has sponsorship, we're going to do a little commercial break. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, hello, you. Do you love wine as much as I do? Of course you do. Well, not only is Bev a gorgeous, amazing, hilarious drag queen, it's also a delicious line of wines. Bev Wines is a California-based wine company focused on female empowerment in business and beyond. From their female winemaker to their female CEO and founder, Bev is a brand that fully embodies this mantra. They ship their wine nationwide, which is especially convenient during the COVID shutdown. No need to cross state lines or wait outside of a Jersey liquor store like I may or may not have done a few times. Go to drinkbev.com and use promo code BEVLOVESBEV for a 20% discount on all products. All online profits during the nationwide restaurant closure will be donated to the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. Look out for LGBTQIA initiatives on their social media coming up in June, just in time for Pride Month. You can follow them on Instagram at their official account, DrinkBev. Again, go to DrinkBev.com and use code BEVLOVESBEV for a 20% discount and have a drink on me, honey. And we're back. Yay. Woo. So we were saying before the break that Carrie has several um, iconic numbers. And she loves she loves a prop. So Jeremiah, what was your question? So I I know that uh, in more than one occasion, some of these iconic numbers have been uh, replicated. And I don't want to say inspired because inspired is very different than just out and outright doing and the exact stealing. same thing. Yeah. Uh, so I was curious, like, what's your kind of take on that? And then also, how, like, do you feel like a sense of like flattery because people like they recognize how awesome the artistry is or is it more like okay well like inspiration is great but don't just like outright steal my stuff and claim it as your own i was very very kind of curious with so many like big numbers and kind of big um things that happen in those numbers i was I was curious what because i i basically just point and like lip sync so i i don't have a lot to, to offer except for six inch and a half heels and hair so that's good <laughs> <laughs> That's how I can tell there's love in the room when you throw shade immediately after. <laughs> That's my bestie. Um, yeah, it's. <laughs> I knew this question was going to come I up. I actually wasn't. I actually wasn't even going to bring this up. This is all Jeremiah on his own. I wasn't going to to go there. So. No, but I think I, all right, I don't claim like, responsibility for this one. It's it's not even. So in answering this, it's not even about a specific person or a specific incidents because. Yeah, I think this has happened to me a few times and I've seen it happen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's happened to other girls too, you know. It's it's a thing that happens when you uh specifically in drag for some reason, I've seen it happen a lot. Um and I remember I'm trying to remember who said this to me. I think it was I think it was Tina Burner actually. One time she said to me like our our ideas are all we have. And that really stuck with me because you know, makeup is great and we can all learn and 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 improve and find a tutorial or pay someone to paint us 
but as a performer, your number is really the heart of who you are as an entertainer and your ideas are all you have to be. Cause beyond that, it's like, well, who cares? Anyone can look pretty. I've seen, there's 30 of them right now on Instagram that just started yesterday and they all look like women. Cool. Um, but what are you doing beyond that? What are you, what are you as a performer? Um, and I work really hard on my numbers and I know a lot of other people that do too. You know, Bev, you know, this, your, your ideas are, are the heart of you as Bev. Um, yep. One of the things that I hate about this whole, like, it drives me nuts when, like, yeah, it's fun to see people posting, like, Instagram stories and stuff at shows, but it's just, like, I can understand where people, like, Coco Peru and Jackie Beat and, like, Dina Martina will be, like, I don't want your fucking cell phone up during my show because I don't want you giving away my ideas. Like, I don't want you showing the world for free what the fuck I'm doing and then someone else is, is all of a sudden doing it because they saw you do it and were like, don't have the mentality of, oh, well, that's someone else's idea. Well, and, and it, the weird part about social media now is that it, it's not who does it first that, that owns the idea often, it's whoever is the biggest and does right. it. So if you have a big following and you do an idea that someone else did, it's now your idea. And, and you know, the, yep. the person who originated it could get a comment of like, oh, this is, you got this from so-and-so. Um, and it's a weird time. So I, there's, a, there's a push and pull between wanting to keep things secret and then also wanting to post it first in a public forum so you can have a receipt on the date you did it. And it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. But when it specifically comes to people who, you know, borrow or, or copy pieces, I think there's, there's always like similar ideas that are going to happen. And I've seen numbers where there's a similar insight that then, you know, looks different or it comes out a little different and maybe they're too close to having the same show and it might be a little awkward, but it's, it's obviously just a, a similar thought that grew from two very creative people. And then I've seen times where it's literally the entire number is ripped off. Um, And I think when I try and craft a number, there've been moments, I did this with Pixie Aventura who works in New York city. I knew she had an ET number and I was working on an ET number. And I, I called her and said, Hey, I'm thinking of doing this, this, and this, do you do any of these things in your number? Cause even, even unintentionally, I don't want to rip someone else off and I want to do something different. Right. Um, And I think that that that's where, you make yourself better as a performer if you have to like think double hard to you know if someone else has done something that even even might be close to your idea well then work double hard to come up with something original and you're you're only going to get a better end product um so when i see people that just rip things off it it really it hurts me and it upsets me and i think there's like and like you said there's a difference between like no no drag queen especially nowadays like invented doing something specific unless i mean i guess yes some people did but like with you do with the et thing or like i have done for years debbie from adam's family values so like if you're Mm -hmm. in philly area that's kind of what i'm known for and especially around halloween i'll get people that are messaging me being like oh girl she's doing your number it's like no she's doing debbie from adam's family i'm not the first drag queen to come up with that idea if she was doing my mix like start to finish I have a problem with that, but I'm not the first person. That's that's like being like, well, I do Julia Sugarbaker. No one else can. Bitch, that's been around for 20 years. That's, yeah, and 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 that yeah. and there's and a difference it, between being inspired by that character and then seeing a drag queen on YouTube doing a funny number and just like replicating that number start. Absolutely, or right. replicating that prop that they use that that is necessary for that number to work. Well, I think that might also be why um, I. I I specifically have had this associated with my numbers a few times because I do a lot of props and many times those props are original because a lot of Queens don't do props. And so, you know, there's less of it out there to see. And so often I'm referencing non-drag things to make them or looking at Halloween costumes or looking at, you know, other just weird stuff. And so I work really hard to make them. And then it's even more obvious when someone takes a prop because they're not out there. Whereas like you said, you know, my, like an ET mix, I know a lot of people that have done an ET in front of them and done a number. So then it's like, okay, well that's seen already. So then on top of that, how do I make it special and different? And like anytime um, you do a theme show, there's always like Halloween rolls around. You're like, okay, let me make sure nobody's doing a fucking dangerous woman or, yes. uh, <laughs> or bad guy or something well, like that. I, and I have, I always joke with um, the girls in shows that, you know, we were talking about how everyone has a telephone mix and 
I, I have a telephone mix. And so do it, making it, I, I had to think of the girls around me. What do they use in theirs? And like, how can we make it different? And it was very hard. And so I tried to pull things that are more obscure and more weird, but we're all referencing Lipsenko when we do that. Exactly. But then we're making it our own and trying to do something a little different there. You know, it's, it, it depends on how pervasive that idea is and just acknowledging who else has already done it and trying to fit in in a way that's not shitty around that. Agreed. So, ladies, the time has come to move on to our audience questions. We had a lot of them this go around. So, if I Yay. don't get to yours, I apologize. It's because we're talkative bitches and we're already <laughs> at like 40 minutes. So, I love stop. it. Yes. All right. So, just that queen wrote it wrote have you heard about this coronavirus thing might be something interesting ha 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 that queen thank you shouldn't you be making wigs and not harassing me on the internet all right <laughs> oh my god the deadpan ha 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 <laughs> it's me joel c wrote drag husbandry and what it takes to be a good one in parentheses i know i need to be on time bitch carrie do you have a, anyone you consider a drag husband Hell no. Oh my God. What a mean question to ask a bunch of single people. <laughs> you don't, you don't have, you're a strong independent woman who don't need no man. I, well, you know, well, this, this might relate to what we talked about families. I have like, I have my drag family and then I have an adoptive New York city family. Cause New York city is the city of orphans. Um, and I consider, you know, Tina Burner and that group, my kind of adoptive family. And so I am the drunk drag auntie to a few nieces, which I will consider. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe I have some nieces that I yell at to help me backstage, but that's very different than a husband. I've had several drag husbands over my drag career. One of them is the co-host of this podcast. Oh, <laughs> I did not know. Who has now transitioned into being a drag queen. So I had to move on to, it's me, Joel C, who's asking the question. Well, you know, um, I, I always think it's beautiful when people transition and I fully support both of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I personally, I started having a drag husband because at the time I had a real husband who refused to do anything to help me with drag. Ah. So, it was necessary at times to be like, I can't zip myself into this or I can't carry my suitcase because I've got three wig heads in my hands. Oh like, my gosh, yes. Needs to help me. As and a side note. Important, like Jeremiah used to get shit all the time for being my my drag husband or my minion or whatever. But I do think you can be someone's friend and support them and be helpful without like, getting shit from people. And I told you they were just jealous. That's why they were using those names. And then they could say it to my face, but they never did. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Joseph Rich asked, what are you all doing to stay creative slash busy during this quarantine other than drag? Mm, that's a good question. Um, boxed Pinot Grigio. Um, I've got I've gotten a lovely adult coloring book. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. You know, I've I've been um, I I love that so many people are live streaming the things they're doing because it hasn't just been drag. I've been watching. I've been watching. You know, people singing, people live streaming artwork. Um, I've I've tried to kind of fill my time doing some of that and and tipping people when I can when I have the money. I know everyone's everyone's a little tight right now, but um, I'm right. so thankful for the live streams that are happening. I don't know if that if that's what I'm doing or what I'm watching other people doing, but it's yeah, nice I try to, to watch see. as many as I can. A lot of times, yeah. especially in Philly, it seems like everyone's doing fifteen things at a time, and they're always like at the same time on top yeah. of each other. Yeah, you have to like six windows open, and you're like, I'm watching everyone. Yeah, I when when Corona when the quarantine first started, I was like, I'm gonna rhinestone this jacket. I'm gonna style this wig. I'm gonna clean all my makeup brushes. Well, I did all those things, <laughs> and it's like, well, we're still here. Day six. <laughs> Ran out of all my shit to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I, what I should be doing is teaching myself to sew because I have a sewing machine I haven't touched in years, but I still haven't crossed that bridge yet. But. You know, I think, I think whatever, whatever we're able to do right now, it's also okay to do nothing. I know everyone's like hyper about productivity, but if getting through this means you need to just be lazy for a couple of days, be lazy for a couple of exactly. days. Exactly. Everyone's going through it. That's yeah. your excuse, Jeremiah, right? I'm being late. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So um, the drag king, drag king Cesario, a, a deep friend of the pod, asked, what genre of music have you always wanted to do in drag but were too scared to do? 
It's a very specific question, but I like it. Oh, I like that. Um, I would say for me, it's, uh, I've always been enamored by like dancing queens. I love a queen that does like a high energy dance mix. And With, I call I call them the get on up. Remember yes. where it's, Exactly. Exactly. If I could like have a separate a separate life with a different skill set, it would be that. <laughs> yeah. But there's there's no way I think I would ever be able to do that. I've always said I would love to like just out of like tell no one, but for like two months, just stretch every day so that I could j fall into a split because no one would expect that from me. And just love come that. out and do a stereotypical Bev number and then have like that like record scratch and it goes into like a, like down down work me down down and i just like fall into a split on the floor well i think we found out what you're gonna fill your exactly i don't like, know what my new hobby is gonna be why so when you can split exactly exactly or and break my hip while doing it um what about you jatemish um i'm i'm in the same vein as you i want to do something completely unexpected whether that's like a flip or not flip oh my god i would never want to do a flip but like splits or like some sort of dance move because like my joke is that i point this way i point this way and then i ask for money because i'm a pointer sister so i'd like <laughs> to do like something that you know start out with that and then like somersault and keep my wig on or roll around on the floor and just be so completely stupid that you know people wouldn't expect that from my character yeah also like i do have like i know one Nicki minaj rap from start to finish and i kind of like pull that out as a party trick but i think it would also be funny like no one would expect me to know like any like megan the stallion shit or anything like that and just like just out of nowhere just do that that might be funny all right so <laughs> on a completely unrelated topic jennifer m wittick asked favorite chain restaurants <laughs> you already know my answer <laughs> I don't tell all the people. It's Olive Garden, of course. Oh, because, you know, your family. I like that. <laughs> I do love me, and I've said this, I do get cravings for that, that fucking Zuppa Toscana that you can get at the Olive Garden, the one with the potatoes and the kale and the sausage and the chicken. Oh, I'm, I'm salivating right now just thinking of it. I know uh, it's gross. I, I will the say salad. I will say that mine is, and it's funny because I, I worked for them for a year. I do still sometimes uh, like a, a good cheesecake factory, <laughs> Andre, oh. with all 5,000 calories in like- I was going to say, isn't that the place where every, <laughs> every I used to work there and people would be like, what's your low calorie options? I'd be like, um, water. <laughs> But, and now that like every, you have to get everything on like DoorDash or Grubhub, every time you pull up DoorDash, it's like, we've partnered nationally with Cheesecake Factory and other, I'm like, fuck you. That but, is hilarious. What about you, Ms. Kerning? Well, when every time um, I'm out of, out of the city, I always try and find a Chili's because I don't think there's any in New York, but I do love a Chili's. You love a good on Chili's. Oh, good. What are those those egg rolls? The the the, the Southwest Southwest egg rolls. The good yeah, old or the or the tortilla soup stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yummy. yummy. Those giant ass margaritas and those like they're not even like normal large margarita dishes. They're like mini UFOs that they cut. Yes. <laughs> uh, Cat Dad Five asked, "How good is Gigi good?" Which I think he's just trying to be stupid. But what are your thoughts? This wouldn't be a drag podcast if we didn't talk about Drag Race. What are your thoughts of the current season, Ms. Kerning? I've been very entertained by a lot of the girls this season, and I uh, I don't know I don't know what I was expecting. How many of the New York girls did you know ahead of time? All of them? Yeah, I I knew. Um, and we don't I, have to I, talk about the whole sherry pie of it all. That wasn't my purpose. And no, no, I. I bringing up i mean uh, acknowledging that that's a thing <laughs> um i i definitely knew all of them except for um oh my god why can i not remember the the, the french girl um nikki doll nikki doll yes um who i've who i think is has been really entertaining too but um i, I had not met her before before the show premiered um i think gg good i expected to not like her because i think me too like i'm liking her more than baby. i thought i would yeah i think yeah. there's there's a lot of like creative intent behind what she does and i did maybe i was i was profiling her as a dumb pretty girl but um i've been impressed yeah well, yeah she's she's I what will, 21 yeah there's uh, always one they get on, their, they get on their first time they're 21 years old it's like uh, 
I will say the one thing that works on her, but I'm not sure why everyone else is starting to do, is that above uh, above lip milk mustache white line that now everyone <laughs> is doing. You know the like moment that I actually said I, I realized that I do like her and I didn't think I would was when she pulled out the, um, during the cape runway and she pulled out a Troop Beverly Hills reference. Yes. Yeah. I was like, okay, I can fuck with you because you're not just like a vapid 21 year old who doesn't know anything uh, about anything. Like if you can pull I, out a Shelley Long reference from the 80s, I am, I'm, I'm good with you. And I, I think it was her robot in Snatch Game that won me over. And I was like, yeah. this is weird. It's not yeah. pretty and it's weird. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah I, I um, loved how unique she was for how young she is. I thought, I thought that was a nice like ism barrier breakdown. Yeah. Um, I will ask this. Did, were you aware of what was like that had you heard i'd heard i've heard rumors from other girls who work in new york that everyone kind of knew about sherry pie's dealings before ahead of time were you aware of any of that ahead of time or was it a surprise to you um yeah so so i'm not gonna talk too much about it but i will say that um yeah uh i will say that um a number of people in the city including me had knew about it very, very shortly before it was revealed, but the scale to which it happened was not something we knew. Um, And we were told about one specific story and that person had not yet said anything publicly. So we were choosing to not say anything until he chose to to reveal it. But um, the scope of it after that was much bigger than we knew. And I feel so bad for them because like we're, we're recording this on Friday afternoon, like literally as they're announcing the, the um, All-Stars 5 cast. And it's like this go round, these girls literally have had to deal with that. Then coronavirus. It's been very hard. Not being able to tour. They slapped on Celebrity Drag Race and now they're doing that. It's like literally these girls are getting absolutely no benefit from doing this whatsoever. I feel so bad. You wait so long to get on and you spend so much money and it's like it's, it seems to be all for nothing i hope they do get some benefit out of it in absolutely life. and i think it's easy to like a lot of people who don't maybe know the industry as well are like well they're on tv they're fine don't feel bad but you're right it's a big financial commitment to do this show and a lot of people don't make it back and i i really hope these girls are doing well because this is the time when they should be making all the money and they right. can't right you've got you've got a few month window and then there's 12 other bitches that are coming down the pike and let's end, let's see. <laughs> uh, Joelle C also asked, we didn't have a Met Gala this year. Y'all, are y'all missing that? I'm not a big fashion person. Let's talk about, not, I, th- I believe they called it the Meth Gala, not the Met Gala. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say this. <laughs> I wasn't going to, but that actually just made me think of it. What oh, about the meth this gala. fucking rave that just happened, the Rona rave that just happened in New York City with a bunch of gays having a house party where there were apparently like healthcare professionals there. Did you it, know, that, are, it, did you know anyone that attended that, Carrie? Were you invited to the Rona rave to the meth gala? I, I don't think I'm cool enough to have gotten the invite. Did you have to have a six ab minimum before you could arrive? I think so. A six ab or um, a, a, what What kind of package does meth come in? Because I would say a six <laughs> bag. Like, I don't know. Kind of I'm, not, I'm not cool enough to know. But I, um, either, I, I don't think anyone on this podcast is. I, I, I will say that it was really upsetting to see people, you know, so flagrantly kind of ignoring the social distancing rules right now when there are so many people dead, dying and at risk. Um, and it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me, but not surprising because I think a lot of people in our community don't take these things seriously enough. But I will say that I've been super excited as a New Yorker to see so many people in nightlife openly talk about it, even, them. Like, stand up for what we should be doing. And a lot of the nightlife people are taking this seriously and following the rules, even though it's hurting their careers. So right. I've been really proud of nightlife. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's so upsetting. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of had like, there's not not something to that degree in Philly, but there have been little little bouts of people like all of a sudden a Snapchat story like showing just like a Sunday brunch with people in their underwear and there's like 12 people in this house. It's like, what the fuck are y'all like really? Well, and even if you're gonna, if you're gonna fucking do that, why are you being stupid enough to put it on social media? That's Why the big you- thing. Because I know, I know antibodies, the antibody test is out there, but still that 
it's assumed that you're, you cannot get it again. It's not confirmed because we do not have enough research yet. But even if it was confirmed, if you all had the antibody test and had the antibodies, don't advertise it. Because at the very least, like you're setting a terrible example. And everyone in nightlife, we have a following in our community. And we have a responsibility because of that to be setting a good example. Right. You don't want to be like, this is what we're allowed to do now. We should not normalize that behavior and don't post it. It's just, it's ridiculous that we have to be even saying that. Yeah. It's in poor taste. Shocking. Well, ladies, this has been fun. Not yeah. to Debbie Downer note, but we, I try to keep these all like under an hour for people to listen to. So. We ended on a responsible note. We did. Look at us. We're doing good. Yeah. We're doing, doing GG good. Um, <laughs> Carrie, my dear, this has been fun. It was so good hearing from you again. This was great. Thank you for inviting me. It's Tell everyone where they can find you on the social meds and plug anything that you'd like to plug. Yeah, so you can find me um, on the social medias under Carrie Kerning. That's K-A-R-I-K-E-R-N-I-N-G. And Instagram is probably the best place to find me because I funnel everything through there. Um, I'm going to have a couple more um, online shows coming up. Not this Sunday, but the following. I will be doing um, a Showtune show again. Oh, gosh, I don't know when this comes out. Do I have to say uh, the date? It's coming out tomorrow. Oh, perfect. Um, so that'll be... Uh, what date is next Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> that'll uh, be the, the 17th. 17th. The 17th. I will be doing um, a Showtune show with Nina West and a number of other fun girls, and that'll be on Facebook Live and Twitch, but I will post the link on my Instagram, so you just need to follow me there. Perfect. And your Venmo, if they want to send you a, a shekel or two? Oh, I, that's that's so kind. My Venmo and all the other all the other cash apps is all Carrie Kerning. It's all the same handle. So um, if they've easy. stolen your ideas, I would like to pay you some um, retribution. <laughs> you are more than welcome to send me a few dollars. <laughs> and Chitemish, where can they find you? Uh, as always, side eye shade on everything but Snapchat. That's the J Spoon. Um, if you need help video editing, I've been doing that for the last month or so, and that's been gotten been gotten because that's great English. Uh, I've done been gotten good from Matt. Uh, that, that's been getting some really good reception and folks who I've worked with have been really happy with the results. And I'm not an ex expert by any means, but it's definitely something that for me creatively is fulfilling. And also it's like a little like side hustle. So I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. that. And as always, you can follow this very podcast on uh, iTunes and Google Play Music. Subscribe. We're releasing brand new content every single week during the quarantine. You can follow me on Instagram at It's Bev Bitch. Venmo is also It's Bev Bitch. Thank you all for tuning in. Carrie, I love you. It was good talking to you. I love you. Thank you. Jeremiah, I tolerate you. It was okay talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until next week. Bye, kids. Bye. 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 -bye.